Good morning and good afternoon. Welcome to another episode of Before Coffee. Today, we are going to go ahead and start that call because I am running late. As usual, my computer crashed before we started filming. So, let's go ahead and call Raj and get him on the phone. We're ready. You got some headlines? All yeah. Right, we'll go. All right. We're ready to go. So, right. Today on Before Coffee... German bands may have been refused UK entry because they have day jobs. Second expelled Democrat is sent back to the Tennessee State House. Manuel Macron stands by divisive remarks about US allies not being vassals. Your tax refund could be smaller than last year. Here's why. Calls for better care for asylum seekers after rise in diphtheria cases in Europe. Okay, uh... We stuck for a story here for a minute. Witnesses asked about Trump's handling of MAP with classified information. Your story. That's it. That was my third one. Yeah. Okay. Okay, those stories and sports uh, news, maybe, if I can find some that's worth reporting right now. On today's edition, April 13th, 2023, of Before Coffee. The comprehensive news of planet Earth is what you want to call right, it. Right, right. Yeah. Sure, it's on the sign back there. Right. <laughs> that, behind your head. <laughs> it's stuck. It's stuck. You should put the, it on the yeah. where that light's reflecting off the wall. Because yeah, uh, then you will see it. Let me uh, let me do the uh, while you're doing the story. I'll adjust it. Okay. Okay. Right. German band may have been refused UK entry because they have day jobs. Post Brexit rules on touring under fire. Under fire. As it emerges, Trigger Kate Cut may have been turned away due to not being full-time musicians. Ah, yes, because <laughs> everyone knows when you're starting off in the arts, you go full in and like, just die because you can't afford to pay rent or buy food or <laughs> anything. <laughs> Are you a real band if you're not starving to death? A German punk rock band that refused entry to the UK because of opaque and confusing post-Brexit rules may have been turned away at the border because they are not full-time professional musicians and have day jobs, The Guardian has learned. Trigger Cut, a three-piece from Stuttgart, should have been on a seven-date tour of the UK this week, but were refused entry by the UK border guards at Kali... Kali... Kali? Kali? Huh? Clay. 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 Last Thursday. Blaming the Tories' mess over Brexit, Labour said such experiences not only penalized up-and-coming bands, but damaged UK music venues, which are already in dire straits. The UK-based music agent, Ian Smith, who had been helping the band understand why they were turned away, said that although their paperwork was in order, they refused entry after telling the border officer they had, they had other jobs back in Germany. Like many small bands, they said they all had other jobs to pay rent. One of them is a landscape gardener. And that, and that they did not earn much money from music, said Smith, who co-founded Carry On Touring, a UK... Oh, I, I don't... 
Back at UK UKartsWork.info. UK UK Arts Work, but with like a no, it doesn't matter. He has That's a website, cool. okay? Which campaigns <laughs> help artists work in the EU and UK. He said trigger code we're planning to enter the UK on permitted paid engagement or PPE exemption route, which allows artists to tour the UK for up to a month without a visa. But amid the small print in the proviso that anyone coming to the UK using PPE cannot do paid work unrelated to your main overseas job or area of expertise. Okay. But just because they can do landscaping doesn't mean they're gonna be doing landscaping. What? This is so dumb. It's like, oh, you mentioned you you mentioned you know how to do you know how to cook. So sorry, we can't let you enter because you might get a job at a restaurant. Like <laughs> Border guards are allowed to check not only the artists have invitations from a UK-based organization or client, which trigger cat cut had all seven venues, but also that they paid the paid engagement relates to your expertise, qualifications, and main job. Smith said that the border guard also wrongly told the band that they needed to certificate of sponsorship from each venue that they were due to play. There is no clarity from the government on what artists need to provide in order to play the UK. The rules are opaque and confusing, even if it English is your first language. The clause about not being allowed to do paid work unless it's related to your main overseas jobs will penalize so many artists who have to do other jobs to pay rent, said Smith, who trigger cuts experience might deter other foreign bands from playing in the UK. Lucy Powell, the shadow culture secretary said UK music venues are in dire straits with the Tory cost of living right hitting audiences hitting audiences and soaring energy bills making it harder to keep the lights on yet instead of supporting venues to attract new talent the Tories mess over Brexit touring means musicians are being turned away at the border a bigger problem we said was bands from all over the world deciding it was too much faff to visit the uk on the european tours this he said is largely because of the cost and hassle of getting a carnet an international custom document required when entering the uk that allows a temporary importation of equipment and goods for events after news emerged that the band had been denied access to the uk a government spokesman said musicians and performers are a valued and important part of uk culture with the country attracting world-class entertainers and musicians from around the globe this is why we offer a dedicated immigration route for creative workers. All visa applications are carefully considered under individual merits in accordance with immigration rules. The application process is designed to ensure that all visa decisions can be made using the most accurate information and it is for all applicants. Okay, so you just said some bullshit. That doesn't explain why if I say, hey, yeah, is it okay that I sell mushrooms in order to be able to afford the plane ticket to get here no you can only sell mushrooms that's what you're only allowed to do here you playing in a band is additional work that is not your main job get out of here ah, no side hustles allowed yeah you have to be a main musician not a side hustling musician i thought i thought naming your band was opaque and confusing it's a good name for a band <laughs> You did say Dire Straits in there, too. I yeah. Like, Wait, is a story about Dire Straits? Cool. Let's hear some money for nothing. Let's hear some Sultans of Swing. Anyway, let's, uh, I'm sorry, I interrupted your story. No, that was the end. That's it. Okay. Well, I guess we just move it along, then. Uh, let's see. Uh, expelled to reinstated. Pearson to return to Tennessee State House. Nashville, Tennessee. This is a story from AP Jonathan Matisse. The 
The second of two black Democrats expelled from the Republican-led Tennessee State House will follow his colleagues in their in a returning to work at the Capitol on Thursday, a week after their banishment for gun control protests in the House floor that propelled them into the national spotlight. Justin Pearson was easily reappointed to his position by Shelby County Commissioners Wednesday and delivered a speech like a fiery pastor to a throng of jubilant supporters outside in a church-like celebration. The Memphis lawmaker plans to be sworn in outside the Capitol on Thursday before returning to the House floor session that morning. Republicans expelled Pearson and Rep. Justin Jones last week over their role in the gun control protests on the House floor after a Nashville shooting outside, a Nashville school shooting that left three children and three adults dead. The appointments are interim and special elections for the seats will take place in the coming months. Jones and Pearson have said they plan to run. The House's vote to remove Pearson and Jones but keep white rep Gloria Johnson drew accusations of racism. I wonder why. Johnson survived by one vote. Republican leadership denied that the race was race was a factor, however, and noted that Johnson's role in the protest didn't involve some steps that Jones and Pearson took, including speaking into a bullhorn. Ooh, okay, that's it. Speaking, that's what you can do. On Monday, the Nashville Metropolitan Council took only a few minutes to unanimously stir the uppity Jones to office. I, I had to work uppity. He was quickly reinstated to his House seat that same day. The expulsions of last Thursday made Tennessee a new front in the battle for the future of American democracy. In the span of just a few days, the two raised thousands of campaign dollars and the Tennessee Democratic Party just received a new jolt of support from across the U.S. Political tensions rose when Pearson, Johnson, and Jones and Jones from the House floor joined with hundreds of demonstrators who packed the Capitol last month to call for passage of gun control measures as protesters filled the galleries. The lawmakers approached the front of the House chamber with a bullhorn and participated in a chant. The scene unfolded days after the shooting of a Covenant school in a private Christian school. Their participation from the front of the chamber broke House rules because the three did not have permission from the House Speaker. In Tennessee, the Republican lawmakers have been more supportive of the idea to strengthen school safety than to address gun control as they prepare to finish their work in coming weeks. Republican Governor Bill Lee has avoided commenting on lawmakers' expulsion instead said the controversy was an issue concerning the House. He has since called on the General Assembly to pass legislation that would keep dangerous people from acquiring weapons. So the governor of Tennessee has now said, hey, look at what? Maybe we should keep dangerous people from acquiring weapons. Well, how about that? Okay, that's your story. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I also read, uh, I also read recently on Twitter that uh, they also expelled somebody in Arizona, but she was actually ethically um, yeah, uh, she, yeah, she was breaking all bunch of things. <laughs> Violations uh, uh, what is her name? Uh, Arizona State Legislature expelled Republican lawmaker over violations including some relating to election misinformation. Fun side story that go along with yours. 
Well, my favorite, my favorite little side story is Ted Cruz. I can't hear you. Okay, Ted Cruz the other day, he tweets, Well, you know, banks have people with security guards with guns. Banks have it. Why can't schools have it? Banks have it. See, a good guy at a bank stops, blah, blah, blah. Got you. Banks have guys with guns, right? What happens the very next day? Guy walks into a bank in Kentucky and shoots a bunch of people. Whoa, hey, guess what? The guys with guns didn't stop it. The cops come. They couldn't stop it either. He was still shooting at the cops when they showed up. So once again, Ted Cruz sticks his big old fat old tootsies in his yapper. <laughs> big old foot in his mouth. One day, after, like almost immediately after he said that, a guy walks into a bank and starts shooting people with an AK-40 or an AR-15. AR Almost as if he was programmed by Ted Cruz to do it, right? <laughs> oh, he All wants right, me to turn. go into a bank and shoot people up. Okay, I'll go do that. Yeah. yeah I hate everybody there. I was going to do it anyway. I must do it today. Ted Cruz says, hey, let's try it at a bank. Here's an idea for you guys. All right. Yeah, in bang, European bang, 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 news, killed a bunch of people. Ha ha. In European news, Macron stands by his divisive remarks about U.S. allies not being vassals. I agree with this. It's been a huge problem internally in Europe, even like not just me, but fellow Euro like other Europeans would be like, why do we have to wait for America to do stuff before we decide to do things like we're his their vassal states? So he's just saying it like we need to stop acting like, oh, we need America's permission before we do stuff. <laughs> Is this your story? Yes. French president okay. reaffirmed Sunday's call right. for Europe to act more independently from U.S. over China and Taiwan. Emmanuel Macron has stood by his controversial comments on Taiwan, repeating that being a U.S. ally did not mean being a vassal state. At the end of the state visit to the Netherlands, during which he had faced protests over pension reforms at home, Macron appeared to reaffirm the remarks he made in an interview on Sunday, in which he called for Europe to act more independently from U.S. over Taiwan. Being an ally does not mean being a vassal or means that we don't have the right to think for ourselves, Macron told press conference in Amsterdam with the Dutch Prime Minister Mark Rutte. Macron, who visited China last week, said Fran French and European policy on Taiwan has not changed. Despite the furor over his remarks in which he backed Europeans, Europe's strategic autonomy, France is for the status of status and quo in Taiwan. Okay, so they want Taiwan to be a state peaceful resolution to the situation, he added. For the second day in a row, Macron has targeted, was targeted by demonstrators protesting against his France's move to increase the pension age from 64. Two demonstrators were arrested on Wednesday after running towards him outside Amsterdam University. Which one? Which one? There's 15 different Amsterdam University. It's okay. On Tuesday, I was interrupted. And so I'm a alma mater is my Amsterdam University. So I'm like, which? There's like five different places that could be. On Tuesday, hecklers interrupted Macron during a speech on Europe's sovereignty in The Hague. His comments that Europe must not get involved in the U.S. fights and should aspire to become a third pole alongside Washington and Beijing were claimed by Chinese media, but the reaction within Europe political circles has been sharply divided. He gave the interview just as China was undertaking military exercises off the coast of Taiwan in response to a meeting between Taiwan's President Jiang Yingwen and U.S. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy in Los Angeles. Degrees of unease with Macron's freelancing also emerged in Berlin, where from, from where An Annalena Baerbock, the German foreign minister, flew to Beijing on Wednesday 
for a long planned visit that some officials framed as an exercise in damage limitation after the French president's remarks. The foreign policy spokesperson for Baerbock Social Democrat Coalition's partners, Neil Schmind, told Der Spiegel she faced the unplanned challenge of clarifying Europe's stance on Taiwan, confirming up the warnings that the Chancellor, Olaf Scholz, sounded during his meeting with Xi Jinping in November. So basically, crazy concept here, Europe is not homogenous. There's a bunch of different people who are ruling different countries with different cultural beliefs, and Germans are like, nah, Taiwan is totally part of your country. And the French are like, nah, Taiwan is totally not part of your country. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's going to be hard to be a third pole, or whatever he said, um, if, we, if we're not a singular identity. But that's kind of the glory of Europe, is that we're not a singular di identity, but we also are Taiwan at the same is, time. Taiwan is like one of them things that everybody just like, yeah, China. Yeah, we know you think it's part of China, but uh, it's not. But we're not going to make a big fuss about it most of the time. But we're going to send people there once in a while as diplomats to stick our finger in your eye. Hey, China, guess what we're doing today? We're visiting the president of Taiwan today. Ha 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 ha. Yes, we do that once in a while. I think the real problem That's with right. stuff like Taiwan is that a lot of countries who have maybe a zones in their country that also want to be autonomous, See, Taiwan is an example of what could happen. So they have to be like, no, we can't allow it to happen. Because then weird. the weird autonomous zone in our country is going to want to leave too. And then we'll lose them. And people really don't like losing land and tax revenue. So It's weird. Yeah. I mean, the U.S. has territories like that. Puerto Rico. Guam. Right. And we can let them be states. They can vote on statehood. But we always make the... The, the prerequisites for it to uh, they change. You guys got to have a vote to, to be statehood, and they go, "Well, we didn't like that vote. It wasn't done right." Well, the other uh, problem is that some people just don't want to be part. Some people just don't want to be part of the U.S. They just want to be a country by themselves. But they're not given the option to be like, "Can we just go be a country?" No. You either become the part of the U.S. or you stay a weird autonomous zone where we tell you what to do and you have no rights. That's the only option. And these people, like a lot of people in Puerto Rico, just want the U.S. to go away because nah, I don't know if you know this. Some but people do. The, yeah. Most of the people who, yeah, I mean, most of the people who live in Puerto Rico aren't even Puerto Ricans anymore. It's just a bunch of white people who are using it as a tax haven. Well, so, I wouldn't say most of the people. I'm in there a lot, so most <laughs> of the people there are from Puerto Rico. Uh. They've never been anywhere else. Uh, yeah, it's it's Puerto Rico is different, but like DC, DC is a territory. They have no real rights as a state. There's a million people almost there, bigger than most like 12 U.S. states. More live in DC, but they don't have the same rights. All right, well. All right, story. continuing we're, my we're story. Dragging, continuing my story. story. Oh. I thought it was over. Macron's call for greater economic and defense sovereignty for Europe is not in itself new and was criticized only when he coupled its aspiration with the call for Europe to distance itself from the U.S. over Taiwan. 
He added that Europe should not be caught up in disordering of the world and crises that aren't ours. In a sign of French disarray, the country's foreign minister cancelled the planned briefing, debriefing on the trip from foreign diplomats in Paris on Tuesday, as officials scrambled to make sure they had consistent message and to limit any fallout with Washington. Oh no, America's gonna get angry at us! The U.S. Republican senators have already responded by calling for the U.S. to rein in its support for Ukraine if Europe is not prepared to back the U.S. over China. Ah, yes. One country, France, says, Ah, Taiwan's a great place, the U.S. You know what? Europe sucks. Let's get them all out. Like, why do you have to make one country an example of the entire to, region? Are you trying to use logic on Republican senators? <laughs> Mark Marco Rubio, Republican senator, if France <laughs> won't pick up sides over Taiwan, maybe the U.S. shouldn't pick sides on Ukraine and leave it to Europe. The former U.S. President Donald Trump accused Macron, who he said was a friend, of kissing Beijing's ass. The German leader of European People's Party and European Parliament, Manfred Weber, also criticized Macron. There is no middle ground between international law and the pursuit of empire by autocrats. To protect our freedom, Democrats must stand together in defense of rules based in the world, Ukraine, and in Taiwan. We have to strengthen our alliance with the U.S. Uh, blah, blah, blah. More ass kissing. European Council President yeah, yeah. Charles little, Michael. Little Charles Michel showed great sympathy, saying there has been a leap forward on strategic autonomy compared with several years ago on the issue of the relationship with the United States. It's clear that there can be nuances and sensitivities around the table of the European Council. Some European leaders wouldn't say things the same way that Emmanuel Macron did. I think quite a few really think like Emmanuel Macron. Yeah, I think a, a majority of them think that way. Um, Bear Box China visit was originally scheduled to overlap with that of the EU, EU foreign policy representative jo Joseph Borrell, and the two politicians were meant to attend some meetings together. But the Borrell announcement on Wednesday that he had to cancel his trip due to COVID infection. So, the random blip there at the end. So I misunderstood this a little bit. Macron is yeah. actually, I think he's like pro China taking Taiwan. Really? And America is pro Taiwan being a free country from China, right? So that they can use it as a puppet state. <laughs> the U.S. is pro. I will is pro. really saying it now. The U.S. only cares about Taiwan because they can use it as a puppet state against China, and that's the only reason. It's democracy, my friend. It's democracy. Yes, they get, get to vote it. for their leaders. The same, in China same reason that this we is... started a war in Korea and Vietnam, and that went really well. Look at Korea now. Um, anyways. Well, we didn't start the war in Vietnam. We escalated it. It was a proxy war, yes. Right. It was already a French war. And uh, we didn't start the war in, what was the other one? Korea. I'm just saying, we join wars. We don't necessarily start all these things. No, I can tell you for a fact, Democracy's got a chance. A Let's know. Right? That America we didn't start put its fingers in the pie. Yeah. And then, oh, yeah. there's a war well, yeah. happening. We better go help. Exactly. Save democracy. Economic interests. I, I, yeah, there's just business of war. There really is. We got to decide how we can. This thing. Yeah, that's that's all. And when you said uh, senators, and then you said Marco Rubio, I almost laughed. It's like almost you nobody considers. Yeah. yeah, almost nobody considers him a, a senator. Okay, I almost swallowed my. Gun. That's it. I mean, the Republicans don't consider him a senator. He doesn't go to work. He doesn't do his job. He just goes there and kisses butt, and that's about it. Well, but, you know, uh, I kiss him butt. Back to what I was He's saying. He's the least. I, yeah, anyway, Macron is obviously saying let's not involve ourselves in things that really have nothing to do with us. And then Germany was going, no, no, we really do care about Taiwan. Or 
whatever. I don't know. It's just really weird and... It is. Taiwan's always been that way ever since Taiwan's existed. I mean, I kind of agree with Macron here. Like, who cares? Does it really affect us at the end of the day? Kind of in a, like, a world politics way. But should you be spending a lot of energy making sure that, you know, you care about Taiwan sovereignty or don't care about Taiwan sovereignty? I don't know. Well, what Macron's does it really politician. Other than if Taiwan becomes its own country, like I said, then people can use it to fuck with China, really. I'll Not, go with, they don't, I'll, I don't think anybody cares about Taiwan, the people in Taiwan, and the people who live in Taiwan. They only care about using Taiwan as a piece on the board in right, global right. politics. Well, again, Macron's a politician. He's probably pick, he probably picked an issue that he can get votes on. Hey, you know what? Macron's right about that, even though he's screwed us on retirement. He sure as hell has figured out that thing. So there you go. Macron's my guy. He, he gets you know, five people to forget. He'll, you know, it's a gradual process. Well, he Macron, probably doesn't have an election this year, right? Macron is in the same situation that Joe Biden was in, which is he got voted in because the other person is a no. It's terrible. Yeah, yeah, like we don't, you don't want Trump as president. You don't want an outright French woman as president. So who do you vote for? The other guy. That's the only you reason for he's Joe. currently leader of France still, is because the other person was terrible. To coin a phrase, you vote for the Joe you know. <laughs> All right, you ready? For next yeah, story. Your story. All right. Uh, this is about tax season in America, which ends tomorrow or day after tomorrow april 15th your tax refund could be smaller than last year here's why this is from ap again and cora lewis ap might be the same for everybody really lewis covers personal finance and economic news expecting a tax refund it could be smaller than last year and with inflation still high that money won't go as far as it did a year ago the 90 million Taxpayers who filed as of March 31 got refunds that were an average of nearly 10% less than last year. In part due to the pandemic relief programs expiring, the filing deadline for most taxpayers is Tuesday. Huh, they're, le they're, they're letting us until next Tuesday, which is the, what is five days from now? <laughs> the 18th. Okay. The average refund is $2,910, down from $3,226, a difference of more than $300, according to most recent IRS data. For many households, especially working families, tax refund is the biggest one-time financial windfall of the year, said Kathy Pickering, Chief Tax Officer at HR Block. We know that working families in general are the most cash-strapped, she said, and adding that expanded earned income tax credit and child tax credit during the COVID pandemic, provided a lot of benefit families with children. Yep. The child tax credit, for example, is reverting to reverting to $2,000 per child, while the pandemic child credit was as high as $3,600 per child. The child and tax care credit, a tax break available to parents, those who care for family members while they work, have been expanded to a maximum of $8,000 in 2021, and now maximum of 2100 as those previous provisions expired that's had a big impact pickering said rachel zoo 20 a college student of boston whose father works at a food delivery and whose 
stepmother is a social worker, said her family has used the refunds in the past for things like home repairs that require big one-time payments. One rebate they received during the pandemic went towards fixing her house's heating and air and ventilation system, she said. Zos has worked since she was a teenager and has already filed her taxes this year. Her refund, $1. Last year nice. and the previous year, she received an upwards of several hundred dollars. Of course, you got to pay taxes to get a refund. A lot of people miss that part. Overall, it does not make the situation a bit more tenuous. It is nice to have the refund at the end of the year tax season for when there are gaps to be made up for them in the budget. Again, you're missing out on the part where they take money out of check all year. <laughs> That's your money. It's like they think they're getting some extra money from when it's their money to start with. Okay. Uh, Zao has worked as a receptionist, as a grill, in an ice cream shop, and other jobs. For her father, who has shifted more towards self employment in the past few years, raising receiving 1099 forms from DoorDash and other delivery work. She said taxes have also become more of a hit and less of a refund. That's what taxes are, my friend. Pickering said that more Americans took on side hustles, gig and freelance work during, and of course those ones do not deduct income tax, during the pandemic so they can be experienced as self-employment tax so they may be experienced as self-employment tax and the consequences of lack of withholding. In other words, yeah, you made 15000 the first three months of your side hustle, but you paid zero because you didn't realize you had to pay a quarterly tax. Ted Rossman, an analyst with Bankrate.com, said those who receive funds tend to use the money very practically, often to pay off debt and boost savings. Yeah. What I do think is definitely significant is the fact that other costs have gone up. It's bad enough that it's taking 10% off your tax refund, but on top of that, the groceries might be up in rent and grass prices. This is the money that a lot of people really count. Again, we need to stop, slow down here and say, this is not money that somebody owes you from somewhere, okay? This is your own tax money. That's all it really is. If you don't want to pay the taxes, if you want a big refund, pay a lot of taxes in advance. If you don't want a big refund, don't pay a lot of taxes in advance. That's basically always been the rules. The pandemic changed it. That's all. Even a difference of $300 on a tax refund does pale in comparison to the stimulus people received during the pandemic. Psychologically, economically speaking, it probably feels like just one more thing. So maybe it weighs on confidence more than actual spending. Elena, a 32, a Florida-based fiber artist who has to be identified by her first name, protective privacy, said her refund will go towards house repairs and clearing up debt. And don't you ever tell the IRS, because I want my privacy. I have a ton of sorry, that was me editorializing. I have a lot of I have a lot of credit cards and have to borrow money from people that I get, need to pay back. I wish it would go for fun stuff, but money is too tight. There's a mosquito in here. Get that. He's up on a TV now. They actually fly faster than you think. See him now. No, don't, don't worry. I know all about mosquitoes. I dilated that part. I have a lot of money for credit cards. I have to have to borrow money for people that I need to pay back. I wish I could go for fun stuff, but money is too tight. Alana, who sells her work online, has been self-employed since she lost her job in the healthcare sector in 2021. She said last year she hasn't filled out her taxes this year, but last year. 
She and her husband, who is unemployed, received about 3600 after filing jointly. According to bank rates, Rosamond, there is possibly this year's lower tax refunds could weaken consumer spending. And as a result, help slow inflation. Well, there you go. You're going to slow inflation. You should be happy. It's bad news for households because people want higher funds, obviously. But I think perhaps quietly the Fed might cheer. Of course they are. They get more, you know. They get to keep more of the treasury. They're not giving it out. To combat inflation, the Fed has been raising interest rates to increase the cost of borrowing money with the hope of slowing the economy. Unfortunately, for those households that have spent through their savings who are now relying on credit cards to get by month to month, those higher interest rates have now led to average credit card rates over 20%. In other words, your bad, stupid, idiotic spending habits didn't change, and you want somebody to do something about it. <laughs> I'm serious. You had $3,600 tax refund last year. You probably should have saved some of that money instead of just going, oh, no, my credit cards are... You had $3,600. Good. All right, and again, tax refunds are not like the government's giving you money. All right, it's your money to begin with. If you want the money, have less withholding. Tell them you want it. Yeah. Yeah, just take less withholding, and then you go. Oh, I've actually figured out how this works. All right, you're you're sorry. All right, my next story is about calls for better asylum seeker care. After diphtheria, cases in Europe rise. We should say improved health screening of people arriving in small boats as needed to prevent outbreaks. This is following the story we did yesterday about how the UK is trying to stop people from seeking asylum altogether, following the Greek model of just picking up people on boats. Health experts are calling for better care for asylum seekers. As research reveals, small boat crossings have been linked to a sharp increase in diphtheria cases in the UK and across Europe. Reception centers in the UK have hit, hit by a series of scandals in recent months, including the outbreaks of disease and reports that offers of assistance from public health leaders have been declined by the Home Office. Now, experts at the European Society of Clinical Microbiology and Infectious Disease, ESCMID, say improved health screening of people arriving in small boats is, a vital, is vital in order to see off the threat of future outbreaks. The researchers said there has been evident transmission among migrant people, which they believe had occurred during travel with migrant facilities. They said a lack of proper vaccination among migrant people was a reason for outbreaks. To avoid future outbreaks of diphtheria and other diseases in the UK and elsewhere, the researchers are calling for increased awareness of disease symptoms among border officials and physicians caring for migrants and asylum seekers, thorough vaccination protocols, and timely screening of at-risk individuals. It says that 73 cases of disease recorded in England in 2022, up to 12 cases the previous year, and one further case has been recorded in 2023. Data was published in the European Council Congress of Clinical Microbiology and Infectious Disease. About half of those infected, 51%, presented with skin problem caused by the disease, which can include blisters on the legs, feet, and hand, large ulcers, and another 12% and large ulcers. Another 12% had no symptoms, and the disease is these cases was picked up through screening or contact tracing. The author said, linked to an increase to migrant arrivals via small boat in the summer of 2022, the UK experienced a sharp increase in diphtheria cases caused by toxigenic bacterium diphtheriae last year. 
For the monitoring of the situation using molecular typing and genomic approaches will be key to define the source and routes of this resurgence. They stress that no forward transmission in the European population was seen. So it's just in the UK because everyone's going to the UK because they can vote there. That's really funny to me because in the past, during World War II, um, the UK hailed their island as a gift from God, right? We're lucky to be living on an island because we don't get physically invaded. They can only invade us through boats and planes. Oh, we're so lucky. God has blessed us. And now it's the reason that people can just sail and then seek asylum in their country. Which they really hate for some reason, but you know, whatever. Uh, your next story. Okay. All right. So uh, back to Trump stealing classified documents story with one of his other prosecutions is coming up. Witness is asked about Trump's handling a map of classified information. The map. This is from the New York Times. Staff writers Maggie Haberman, who basically lives in Trump's house, I think. Adam Goldman and Alan Froer. The map is just one element of Justice Department's inquiry into former President Trump's possession of sensitive documents, whether he obstructed justice in seeking to hold on to them. Federal investigators are asking witnesses whether former President Donald J. Trump showed off, showed off to aides and visitors a map he took with him when he left office that contained sensitive intelligence information for people with knowledge of the matter. Said. The map has been just one focus of the broad Justice Department investigation into Trump's handling of classified documents after he part of the White House. The nature of the map and information contained is not clear, but investigators have requested a number of witnesses about it. According to witnesses with knowledge of the matter, as the special counsel overseeing the Justice Department's inquiries, Jack Smith, examines the former president's handling of classified material after leaving office in ways charges that could include destruction of justice. One person briefed on the matter said investigations have asked about Mr. Trump showing the map while he boarded a plane. While aboard a plane. Another said that based on questions they were asking, investigators appeared to believe that Mr. Trump showed the map to at least one advisor after leaving office. A third person with knowledge of investigation said the map might also have been shown to a journal journalist writing a book. How righty that. Journalists never keep their motion. The Washington Post has previously reported that the investigators had asked about Trump showing classified material, including maps, to political donors. The question of whether Mr. Trump was displaying sensitive material in his possession after he lost the presidency and left the office is crucial to the investigations try to reconstruct what he did, what he was doing with boxes of the documents that went with him to his Florida residence private club. Among the documents, investigators have focused on precisely who Mr. Trump was at the club last year, and particularly they were interested in whether he remained at Marlboro boxes of material that were still stored there before Joseph's Department current intelligence officials seeking their return visit in early June, according to two people familiar with the question. Mr. Trump typically leaves Florida for his club in Bedminster, New Jersey, earlier than he did last year when he was still at Mar-a-Lago for the visit from the Justice Department officials on June 3rd. 
investigators have been gathering evidence about whether Mr. Trump had aged bringing boxes to sift through after grand jury subpoena was issued in May for any government documents Mr. Trump still had in his possession. After June 3rd visit, when Justice Department officials had a bunch of documents with classified markings at Mufano Mar-a-Lago, a lawyer for Mr. Trump signed a certification saying, diligent search had been conducted and all government material had been returned. The statement proved untrue two months later when the FBI found hundreds of pages of additional classified documents during a court-authorized search. The investigators also asked questions about whether General Mark A. Miley, Chairman Joint Chiefs of Staff, was ever mentioned in discussions related to the boxes of material, as well as whether donors for Truth to Trump were ever part of the discussions about the material, according to people about the, the questions. Okay, so you can sign out classified material, but you got to bring it back when they want it. But he didn't sign it out. He just took it. So, again, their legal, their legal standing appears to be the Trump people was like, well, you know what, your presidents did this. Yeah, well, other presidents also gave the stuff back when they were asked for it and didn't lie about it when they were asked for it again. This is my... They didn't lie about it a third time when they were asked for it again. They didn't just go around attacking people. They just turned it over. Didn't say a fucking word to anyone. All right, here's... All right, my story is going to be about Daft Punk's helmet, Thomas Bongglutter, Taking off his helmet and leaping into ballet. Interview by Charles Ravens on The Guardian. Two years after the French funk meisters unplugged the Electro Legend and is releasing the Electro Legend is releasing his first new material, a ballet score. He explained why working with real life humans was scary. On January 1st, 2000, childhood friends Thomas Bongleter and Guy Manuel de Homem Cristo, great name, decided to become robots. For the first release of their second album, Discovery, the Daft Puck duo enlisted Hollywood effects designer Tony Gardner to fit them with helmets and robo-gloves, which they would then unveil in a photo shoot for the Face magazine and wear in public unfaithful failingly until their split in 2021. Like Discovery, a gilded, chart-bound spaceship built from shreds of 80s pop, funk, and metal, the robots offers a very retro vision of the future. Bang... Bangalot... I feel like I have, I'm saying his name wrong. Von Galter, because he's French. Von Galter, taller in the silver helmet, was convinced that the human-machine interface had gone haywire. The difference between reality and fiction is gone, he told NME in 2001. You've got Photoshop, deformed images, a speech of the President of America that says things he never said, animatronics, androids, you can't believe what you see on television anymore. The pres- pres- the, that prescient takes what half a lifetime ago and now the 48-year-old has unplugged his LED helmet for good. Two years after Daft Puck's power down, he's releasing his first new material, Mythologies, an orchestral ballet score for the French classical label Arato. There are no synths, no disco samples, not even electricity. It's a carbon-friendly approach, Bon, bon Galter says wryly. This thing can be performed with just breathing of musicians and the dancers. Growing up in artsy Mont. Martyr, Martyr, Martre, Montmartre, Von Galter has had his late teens join a. Had by his late teens joined a Less covert French of stories. There's Less so French many French stories. words in here well, that I my too many mouth French. gets confused. Too many French I have to stories. switch my lips, my tongue movement from French to English, from French to English. Skip Persian over. clubs. Just say Jones. 
kids who were setting the French touch sound in motion, splicing old disco samples with the jacking energy of Chicago House. His generation will, he thinks, always prefer knobs and faders to slick computer inter interfaces. Ironically, Mythologies is one of the only times he's made music with a laptop, but he says of his monastic desk setup, there were no menus or timelines or computer screens or pop-ups or anything that would distract from the blank page. Composing for orchestra isn't new for Bon Galter, who teamed up with a Hollywood arranger to execute Daft Punk's hybrid film score for Tron Legacy in 2010. In Tron, the tough thing was always the discipline, the rigidity of making music to picture, he says. With mythologies, I had more like carte blanche. The choreographer had given me freedom to do it with timings that I had in my head. At the turn of the millennium, he was operating at the cutting edge of dance music, setting the benchmark for French touch on his roulette label, inspiring a new wave of Paris club kids like Justice and Sebastian, releasing Stardust music sound better with you, and settli settling the template for imitators including Eric Prides and music era Madonna. Yet beneath the pop innovation, Daft Punk were always a bit of an anachronism. After homework, they seemed to be traveling backwards in time, first a sample crunching disco homage, then into analog warmth of 2013 album Random Access Memories. Random Access Memories, Daft, Daft Punk's final album, was about taking the side of human beings rather than the machines, once and for all. They spent four years and more than one million making their homage to bygone era of big, expensive studio albums, the likes of which we may never see again. Von Galter remembers it as a very crazy space-time continuum experience about interacting with your childhood. A one-off collaboration with his musical heroes, Sheik's Nile Rodgers, Euro Disco's originator, originator Giorgio Moroder, and Hollywood's composer Paul Williams. There was this ability, because the time was right, to do something together, and to possibly transmit it, he says. It was a record that he could not, could not happen before or after. A generational testament. Uh... Where does Bon Galter feel Daft Punk's influence now? There used to be a lot of barriers between genres of music. I was hopeful there was possibility to break these. That was part of the message of what we did musically. Pop tribalism is indeed over, and while that can't be credited to Daft Punk alone, piracy, streaming, and three decades of internet did their bit. His hunch was once again correct. In some way, the world is more, more, much more polarized now. But not really musically. Musically, there is this ability to mix and match and create levels of conflicting aesthetics or clashing ideas. I just hope that the tolerance existing right now in music will exist more in society as well. The defecting robot has one more warning. Now there is an urgency to somehow bend the algorithms. Mythologies is out now on Arado. Check it out from X Daft Punk Von Galtor. Galter. Galter. I don't know how to say it. <laughs> Again, right. too much French. Maybe just say, blah, 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 blah. just move on. I don't know. Okay, in the last story, moving along here, we have this day in history. The comprehensives of planet Earth. In 1598, King Henry IV of France promulgated the edict, the edict of Nantes. Oh, here we go with French stuff. And Brittany, granting large members of slavery. Religious, religious liberty to Protestant subjects as such as the Huguenots. 
Charles the First in 1640 reinstated Parliament after 11 years. That was awful nice of him. Yeah. 11 years of we don't have a government, just me. In 1740, 1742, George Frederick Handel's Messiah premiered. 1870, the Metropolitan Museum of Arts was founded in New York City. Nobel Prize winning playwright Samuel Beckett is believed to have been born in Ireland in this day in 1906. The Thomas Jefferson Memorial was dedicated in East Potomac Park at the South Bank of the Tidal Basin in Washington, D.C. at this date in 1943. 1963, chess champion Russian Garry Kasparov was born. So happy 60-year-old Garry. The first performance of Lily in the Field by Sidney Poitier was performed in 1964. Tiger Woods won his first Masters Tournament, became the first African-American golfer to win this, and also the youngest player to nice. win the Masters. In 1997, the military, in 2002, the military coup that a day before had installed businessman Pedro Estanga as an interim president of Venezuela collapsed on this day. In the following morning, Hugo Chavez was restored. And other birthdays today, we have, uh, let's see, Gary Kasparov, Christopher Hitchens, American-British writer, born in 1949. Samuel Beckett, born in 1906. Butch Cassidy, born in 1866. And, and the aforementioned Thomas Jefferson, born in 1743, so his Memorial, they failed to mention, was dedicated on his 200th birthday. That would have been something to mention in an article, wouldn't it? Yeah. Jack Cassidy, founder of Jefferson Airplane, was born on this day. Lowell George, founder of Canned Heat, was born on this day. I'm sorry, Little Feet. I said Canned Heat. Little Feet was born on this day. I get them in my brain mixed up. They sound the same, right? Al Green! Right, was born in this day. So there's your birthdays. Max Weinberg, drummer for Bruce Springsteen and uh, uh, band leader for Conan O'Brien. Late Night with Conan O'Brien was born in this day in 1951. Peebo Bryson, R&B singer, born in 1951. And there's your rock and roll birthdays and everything else. So it's time to sign off, I guess. All right, this has been Allison here from Netherlands talking about how Europe maybe should keep their own business, but maybe they shouldn't keep their own business. Who knows? We'll find out in the coming centuries which choice was the correct choice. This has been Roger from Planet Earth, currently walking on the outside of it. And with more news on April 13th, 2023, before coffee. Be sure to hit the like, subscribe, and notify buttons, and follow our other channels, Toxic Alley, History of Gravy, and Scratchy Old Records.